She's a Super Geek is a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. Episode 96 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Hey everyone, I'm Andy, and on today's episode, my co-host Senda and I are joined by three amazing people to play After the War, now on Kickstarter. After the War is a tabletop science fiction roleplay game of mimetic horror. Ten years after the Galactic War, millions of survivors try to rebuild on the frontier world of Polvo. This game explores how we can rebuild in the face of trauma. We're joined by two people who wrote for After the War, Alex Roberts of Backstory Podcast, and storyteller newly into RPG designing, Sam Satiel. GMing us is Kat Raman of Aviatrix Games. Thank you to our patron of the week, Remy Billadeux, and to our Coiffed Ears patrons, Transfer Productions and Ariel Vice. Hello and welcome to She's a Super Geek, the most bestest podcast. <laughs> the most bestest The podcast. most bestest podcast, and because that's not an actual term, we can't actually claim it. <laughs> Today we are joined by some wonderful people to play after the war. So let's have our players and GM introduce themselves. How about you start, Alex? Thanks. My name is Alex Roberts. I am the host of the Backstory Podcast on the OneShot Network. I, I am also the production coordinator at Bully Pulpit Games. They're the makers of Fiasco and The Warren and Night Witches. And I have also written for about a thousand RPGs. And now I'm making my own. Uh, <gasps> Starcross, the two-player game of Forbidden Love, is going to be out in early 2019. I think it should be in people's hands in February, which is kind of mind-blowing oh, to me. So appropriate, too. <laughs> and I'm also writing a game called For the Queen, which is a card-based storytelling game of love, duty, and devotion. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And that's coming out with Evil Hat Publications, actually. In We're looking at around May, I think, 2019. Oh. Um, yeah, I just saw some Whoa. art for that, and I'm kind of like losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time to be Alex Roberts, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. That's a lot of stuff. I feel fairly intimidated. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Where can people find you on the internet to, to follow all of this? Well, the best thing to do is just go to helloalexroberts.com because that has my Twitter and my email and I semi-regularly update it with stuff that I'm working on. And you can also get a link to Backstory there, but you can also just search for like Backstory One Shot or Backstory Alex Roberts in your favorite podcast thing. Okay. Hey, Sam. I met you briefly at Metatopia, which is super duper cool because you were one of the scholarship winners there. Tell us a little bit about where people can find you and what you're working on right now. Yeah, so I was one of the freelance contributors on After the War, so yep. that was something Ooh. that I, I helped to work on. I am currently designing my own game, which is a PBTA game with the current title of Passing that's about shapeshifting aliens in the 1950s trying to pass as humans. Um, and I'm hoping to have it released as an ash can with Magpie by Gen Con. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a very new designer, but those are, those are the things that I've been working on and just trying to kind of get acquainted with people in the industry. Um, and if people want to find me, there's game stuff, but also I'm a published like 
poet and story writer. So I have a professional Facebook page that's uh, Sarah Saltio. Awesome. And Kat. Hi, Kat. <laughs> hey, Senda. I wanted to have you on for ages. We keep discussing your game, but I'm like waiting to line it up with your Kickstarter. So you're going to be back, but I'm, I get to have you early. I too am waiting to align with my Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that when I'm drinking in front of electronic equipment. <laughs> Why? It was brilliant. Anyway, um, yeah, so tell us what you're working on and where people can find you and follow that kind of thing. Hi, I'm Kat Raman, uh, or Catherine Raman, either one is fine. And I've written some stuff that's been in the Gauntlet Codex. Uh, I'm also going to be writing some stuff for their new, just kickstarted hardcover edition. And I am working on a game called Red Carnations on a Black Grave, which is about the story of the Paris Commune, an ill-fated socialist revolution in Paris in 1870. It doesn't end well for most people. <laughs> I love this game and, and so much. The, the term ill-fated. It's so good, though. It's yeah, so I've heard good. amazing things about this game. I have not been able to play <laughs> yeah, it yet. Me too. Yeah, anyway, so th we'll have that on later. Good. As a teaser for our listeners. Good. If people want to follow you and um, see updates for that game and the other stuff that you're working on, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to Aviatrix Games or at me at, at Aviatrix Games, and I will probably see that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you on Twitter more. It's going to happen. <laughs> So today we are playing After the War, and Kat has been kind enough to run this for us. So I am going to just pass the mic right back to you to kind of walk us into this in terms of how we should get started. Oh, thanks, Senda. That didn't put me on the spot or anything. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Everything's, everything's fine. Well, it's I mean, okay. GM is we short edit. for the Latin that means put on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> we edit. We edit. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind <clears throat> uh, so After the War is a science fiction game of a uh, post I think apocalyptic is probably pretty accurate war between humanity and an alien entity called the Song which manipulates people and takes, them, takes control of them incorporates them into its hive mind the war is over and humanity one <laughs> but most of them one yeah. but the cost was pretty high and so the characters are people trying to build a new life and dealing with the trauma of their experiences and it's by Jason Pitt and is pretty cool agree <laughs> so the way to start this is uh, we have a little introduction that we can each read in the quick start and so I am going to start and then I guess we the way I see it is Alex is on my left virtually so we can start and just go that way that works all right here we go humanity has always heard the siren call of the unknown we reach to the stars building ships stations and colonies in the outer dark against all odds first contact went impossibly well and we took our first steps out into the larger universe we met the alien species that fill the void the Stoic Permanencers, Jovial Ursa, Adaptable Mercurio, Smug Illuvia, and the Riven Fundar. We achieved our utopian dream of exploring the universe as part of a galactic union. Then we heard the song. The song is a sentient melody encoded into atoms, a dark matter drumbeat of intelligence and hunger. 
The song stole our free will, enslaving our minds and using us to spread like a mimetic virus. The unified multi-species fleet became a battlefield, as humans aboard every ship and on every world were caught up in the song. Entire nations of humanity rose, as one, to convert the rest of the universe to the Holy Choir. Each ship taken became part of the Choirster fleet, a colossal mobile transmitter array designed to boost the strength of the song in any system it jumped into. Worlds sang. Worlds burned. Our salvation was also our destruction. The Chorister fleet chased the refugee flotilla from the ruins of Earth to the distant world of Polvo. It was then that we released Tormenta, a weaponized dissonance intended to nullify the song. This Tormenta worked too well, and transformed a third of its victims into violent and murderous monsters. The Tormenta transmitted its own design to every ship and world the fleet had visited. The war started with a single voice rising from a trillion throats. It ended with the quiet, numb sobbing of the last human standing. That was when the Chorister fleet began calling for help in their own voices. Ten years later, the survivors from the refugee flotilla landed and settled on Polvo. This world has earned the euphemistic nickname of Dirt. This world used to be a lot of things. A human fort, a permancer staging post, a port, a corporate science preserve, and the front line. Now it's a junk world. A graveyard for secret ships and dead ideals. Millions have fled their ruined world to try to build homes on dirt foundations at the home of the biggest second chance in the universe. Your communities are fragile and precious gems on this alien world. The song gathers its strength in the wilderness between the settlements, while Tormenta's grave lies empty. The ruthless black sky perform their secret research, the reckless free companies cause trouble, and the peacekeepers hunt down any sign of infection within these colonies. Only you can protect your new home from these threats to body, mind, and soul. If you're lucky, you can carve out new lives for yourself in this alien hellhole. After the War is science fiction horror role-playing game set on the frontier world of Polvo in the aftermath of a galactic conflict. This is a game about people who lost their homes and families in the war and have come together to rebuild their lives on this rough frontier world. It's about diverse communities of Terrans, Martians, Belters, and aliens who want to start a new home for themselves. Your story is centered on your settlement, Warframe Yard, which you work to build, strengthen, and grow. You deal with internal disagreements and external threats, because this is the only place you have left. When the seductive song or brutal tormenta threaten your community, it's your job to protect everything you care about. Welcome to Dirt. Everyone has to start somewhere. Everything will start here. So this is a very happy-go-lucky, easy <laughs> game. <laughs> with no emotional anything. You guys asked me to GM. So. <laughs> That's right, Monster Hearts. <laughs> and Red Carnations right. on Black Red. I mean, most games don't guarantee a 50% casualty rate, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in this game. <laughs> well, no one would ever die in this game. No, no, I, I, I mean, I just can't guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not a promise. <laughs> We're all just doing our best, you know? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> we'll keep trying. Uh, so uh, we've all chosen pre-gen, and I guess this would be a good time to introduce them. Who would like to go first, Senda? So you may call me saddest unless you are skilled with a permancer language. 
My people led the Galactic Union until the war, and we hope that peace can be reforged over time. I learned much of human culture as I helped in the Chronista Initiative, where we uploaded the final messages from Earth before the Chorister fleet reached it. Now, I work as a diplomat and mediator in the Warframe Yard to ease tensions. I believe that peace is worth any price and that memory is life. And I should also say I am a permancer, so I am a, like, bipedal horse person. Cool. Uh, so you mentioned those beliefs. The beliefs are actually really important for the characters as we go along. One of the ways that you will grow is to validate or act against your beliefs over time. So, uh, great. Why don't we go to Alex next? Uh, my name is Tora, and I'm a missionary from the belt. I grew up on some miserable rock with a leaky bulkhead, and I found my way back to a missionary vessel for an education. I joined up with the fleet for medical service and found myself working on Project Tormenta during the war. I continued to use my medical skills on Polvo, and my clinic is out of a repurposed down shuttle at the edge of Warframe Yard. I believe that no one is disposable and that government is violence. And uh, my character is a human. Yeah, I think uh, all the characters except for Saddest are, are humans. Cool. But none of them are from the same place in the solar system. So that <laughs> no conflict there. Uh, <laughs> why don't we go next to Andy? My name is Akash, or however I decide to pronounce it. And I come from Earth. I grew up in a political family watching the feeds and making bets with my cousins over the political maneuvers of the rich and powerful. My passion and analytical mind led me to a position of staff secretary at the Commonwealth Office in Nairobi. That position led me to the unfortunate position of working on the FSS Endeavor when we first encountered the song. I survived and have established myself at Warframe Yard as a legal expert for the settlement. I believe that justice is an illusion and that laws keep us safe from chaos. Great. And uh, let's go last, but definitely not least, Sam. My name is Crisis, and I'm a proud citizen of Mars. I grew up in a dome on the edge of Solus Planum, where the Mars Corp manufactures its power armor. I fell in love with these titanic warriors who fought on behalf of our noble world and enlisted the Titan Division the moment I turned 16. I fought and bled in the War of the Song, losing most of my company in the process. I left the service as soon as hostilities ceased and joined up with one of the Polven reconstruction teams which built Warframe Yard. I believe that Earth needed to burn and that destroying is easier than building. It's just like low-key person. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say low-key or low-key? It's really, really chill. Yeah. So uh, one thing you may have noticed is none of these characters are gendered. We can figure that out in player if you have a preference. I'll write that down now on my little notebook. I think Akash is a she-her. Okay. I think Saddest is actually they-them. I mean, as far as humans are concerned. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of that involved, Unless right? you are skilled in the yeah. permancer <laughs> In the permancer genders. Permancer, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just safer for you to not make assumptions. I'm not sure that you understand how gender works for, for you know, me and all of us. Anyway, <laughs> all of the horse people. Crisis is she, her, I think. And I'm going to have Tora use she, her. Cool. Excellent. A nice mix. <laughs> <laughs> all right so the next step we need to do is take a look at our settlement which is warframe yard so i'm going to read a little bit on this then we're going to answer some questions as a group which is my favorite activity and uh 
<laughs> Seriously, it is. I love this I know, stuff. it's great. So, okay. This settlement, Warframe Yard. During the war, hundreds of vessels fell from the sky onto the surface of dirt. This settlement was established in the midst of the rubble of the fallen warships. These boneyard settlements are centers of salvage, engineering, and industry. The inhabitants of Warframe Yard try to build a stronger future from the wreckage of the war. So, we have a bunch of options, and uh, let's pick some. So, let's pick three of the following industries for the settlement and the associated NPCs. Do we have Salvage and Pharaoh the Tinkerer, who believes nothing is sacred? Arms and Aruna the Goliath, who believes the dead must be honored? Metalwork and Isan the Smith, who believes that family keeps us human? Electronics with Gecko the Mercurio, who believes that money is freedom? Or data mining with Senna the Runner, who believes that information wants to be free? Hmm. I really like the idea of putting metalwork in here. It's what I was having, about to say. Yeah, family having Isan the Smith with family keeps us human. If everybody's on board for that as one of our yeah. three. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Salvage. With Farrah the Tinker, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of data mining. Yeah, sure. With Senna the Runner. Great. Okay, so let's answer the following three questions below as a group. So first, your settlement is partially built from salvaged warships, which plunged from orbit. Which group or business fortified and moved into the hull of the FSS Defiant? Are these groups or businesses the same as the industries or is that a separate I, th- I think a business or an or an organization would refer to like something semi-formal okay. as where an industry is just like this okay. kind of thing happens right and there are uh different groups or, or factions which roughly come down to the peacekeepers which seek to find and destroy the song the free companies which are veterans who try and keep the settlements free and black sky which is a black ops uh former space industry that does a lot of research. That doesn't sound ominous. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I don't know what you're They mean about. well. They they right. developed the Tormenta, so you know they're they they saved humanity. I think with the with the data mining, the black ops could create some interesting Yeah, that's that's true. As long as they abide by the laws. That's fine. <laughs> so you wanna Yeah, nothing nothing says law abiding like black ops. Black ops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, luckily, yeah. I also believe that justice is an illusion, so... <laughs> cool. So, how about Ebon Dreams, which is a subsidiary of Black Sky? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds That ominous. sounds delight- delightfully ominous. The world is sharp and cold, but your community has worked hard to make things better. How does your community come together in warm camaraderie? We probably have established, I can't believe I'm about to say this, um, we probably have established some rest days or even, may I say, festival days. <laughs> Holy days, you might say. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Holidays, maybe. Huh? Are, you, are, you, are you thinking that we have weekends? Yes. <laughs> Okay. But it's not probably one, it's probably not two days of every seven. It's probably like one of every 20. Right. <laughs> Can oh. we say one of every 10? 10. One of yeah, every 10. One of every okay. 10. One of every 10. <laughs> it's a hard life. It is. It's, hard it's a metric life. life for us. It's a metric life. <laughs> weeks work differently on Polvo. Um, yeah. Yeah. 10 day weeks. 
Yeah. What do we what do we do on those weekends that is a gathering thing? Like maybe we have a central location mm-hmm. that is a, a space that we've carved out to be like kind of a community center. Giant potluck. <laughs> I was thinking food. <laughs> I was for yes. sure thinking food. We we definitely don't sing. <laughs> we do not There's sing. no singing. <laughs> <laughs> There is not singing. <laughs> How about the hollowed out uh, cargo bay of a crash starship? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. perfect. That's very nice. Yeah, I like cozy. to imagine maybe like we still kind of miss singing. So maybe we dance in silence sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's so awkward. I love it. You <laughs> never said that we were like the most socially charming society. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, you know, yeah, other things like can it. be done at those gatherings, you know? There could be readings or storytelling would be a thing, yeah, right? Especially if we're trying to maintain like the history of things that have happened. Yes. And, and that might be where because my my guess is like even the young people probably work really hard. That may be their only chance to get some sort of formalized education as well. So for them it may not be a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> young people get no time off. Yeah, that's something you grow into, time off. Is there yeah. maybe a uh, apprenticeship system? And this would oh, be that's a place good. where you could yes. like find uh, people who looking to take on Prenta. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's probably some opportunities for singles to find other singles. <laughs> Mingling. <laughs> <In> the- <laughs> Mingle mingles. <laughs> Silent dancing. <laughs> Nothing more romantic. So really, than we're that. just going for like speed yeah. dating in the in the wreckage. Yes, silent dancing. Yes. Speed dating in the wreckage. Well, we've tried to, you know, keep up some of the traditions of Earth. Maybe speed dating is one of those. <laughs> the best and brightest of human traditions. Yeah. Certainly throwing a bunch of different cultures together and asking them to evolve courtship rituals is not fraught <laughs> at all. Don't worry. Oh Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We're making a new life. I never understood the speed dating part, though, even when I was on Earth. Life finds a way, as we know, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be the Ian Malcolm. <laughs> hey, I'm the scholar, so. Oh, true. Fair. I probably, well, I don't know. He does look really good shirtless. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> you can have that moment later. <laughs> as part of the uh, speed dating Right. Uh, when I'm right. like, hey, that person looks like they'd be, they'd look as good shirtless as Jeff Goldblum. So finally, Warframe Yard is a dangerous place. What is the collective name of the orphans who run through the ruins after losing their parents in a salvage accident? Aww. Oh, gosh. Um, all, all I can think of is like bottle kids. We got to do better than that. See, I was thinking like lost kids. And That's that. I see. I was also thinking like lost children. But, but if like, we have an apprenticeship program, like yeah, then that that's also works as like a surrogate, f- almost foster system as well. Yeah. yeah, like you're you're somewhere for the entire kind of working day, and right. then kind yeah. of what happens to you after that. But then there's also lots of kids who are like they're too young. Well, and or who are just like fuck this. I don't need your I don't need your learning, old man. Right. And then they just kind of run around and I'm going to make sca- my own way. Scavenge and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe there's something about that. The scavengers. So yeah, I do. We call them um, the youths. Like, what's an animal that scavenges? He was thinking like magpies, raccoons, raccoons, raccoons. raccoons. They're the trash pandas. I'm a raccoon. <laughs> I'm a raccoon. <laughs> Raccoon is perfect because, like, they're kind of adorable, but also, like, they'll hurt you very badly. 
raccoons. Cool. There are five nearby settlements who you trade with. Barley Moe, which is a farming community. Fort Bly, a military outpost. The Vermilion Exchange, a trading post. Daedalus Station, a research station. And Port Foth, a spaceport. One of the neighboring settlements is on good terms with <laughs> Warfarin Yard. How did they help your community overcome hardship? Only one. <laughs> Oof. Only one. <laughs> mm. I, my instinct is leaning towards Barleymo because... Uh, I was about to say food. that too. Because of the... Yeah. <laughs> like, they join us for our weekends. Yeah. Or, so, uh, yeah. And maybe they just like... We had been doing that for a while... And then when we had a bunch of food supplies contaminated, they gave us a bunch of stuff. Right. Like kind of. And they have a lot of, you know, marryable people. So <laughs> the larger we can make our DNA pool, the better. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you have a focus here, Andy. <laughs> I know. How did I get to be this person? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm guessing that probably you guys trade salvage with them, too. Yeah. 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 So maybe there's a little market day aspect, too, of the holiday. Yeah. That would be super good. Because then there's sort of, like, food and there's, like, fair food, fresh farm stuff that they're bringing. And then people are bartering and trading with things that they've found or maybe metalworking stuff. I'm glad that we don't just have to eat scrap metal. Right? That sounds like it would be bad for our teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I can do this. <laughs> One of the neighboring settlements is on bad terms with Warframe Yard. How have their actions or inaction insulted, frightened, or harmed your community? Maybe maybe the military outpost has demanded our, our medal from us, like not... Tribute. Yeah, like, a, oh, we're fighting, or we're going to protect you, so clearly you just need to give this to us. Right, we tithe. Like, yeah, I really like that, because yeah. that sucks. Yeah. yeah. So the military is basically the mafia? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, we could have, like, a Seven Samurai slash Magnificent Seven slash A Bug's Life situation. <laughs> <laughs> we never put together. It's not like the other. A bug's life belonged in that list. They're all the same movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I see it. I'm sure they assure you that uh, feudalism is a perfectly rational response to the current situation. So. I mean, clearly it is. Well, oh, you know, it's better bad. than capitalism. <laughs> wow, wowzers! Wow. <laughs> Given the Where options the of our Where is war torn, you know, dirt planet. <laughs> Feudalism makes a lot of sense to me. Cool. So I have a map. I think I could just sketch some stuff, but maybe you can tell me a little bit about uh, what does the salvage area look like? Um, so the salvage area is, there's a place where there's a heavy concentration of just like ship pieces that fell, but they're not complete ships. Like there aren't parts that we can basically live in as spaces. So it's just basically a junkyard of like these hulking partial metal structures and caves and that sort of thing, I think. Cool. Uh, where does Farah live in all that? I mean, I, I'm kind of picturing like this weirdly twisted, but beautiful metal structure. Like 
you know, if you were to go see like an oracle in ancient Greece and it'd be like this like seat of power, I imagine that that uh, Farah kind of lives in a space like that built out of scraps from the junkyard. I love it. Is she like in the center of the like the salvage yard, but like you have to make it through the salvage yard to get to her? I think her? so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a journey. <laughs> yeah. And she she doesn't do like a lot of um a lot of sort of like basic go and pick up stuff kind of work on her own anymore. Like she's kind of queen of the salvage yard. Yeah. So she keeps like a very high thing where she can just keep an eye on everything. Right. But she knows where everything is. Like, oh, oh you're oh, looking yes, for this? Exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. going to go this way, that way, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I think she also like wears probably pieces of salvaged metal, like maybe like in her hair or on her body. Oh, yeah. Just like strange yeah. accessories that kind of like clink when she moves. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love her so much. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, she's the coolest. <laughs> we might refer to her as our queen. Right. <laughs> All right. So tell me about where the metal workshops are and Isan the Smith. Well, do we think he gets along with Farah? Yeah, they probably need each other. I mean, I was thinking whether they get along or not. There's a question of how far you would want to transport like the scrap metal from the salvage yards to be worked as metal. Mm. And that might be like, if we're intentionally setting it up, then that's something where it would probably be pretty close. But if it's something that just happened the way that our community happened, then it wouldn't necessarily be. And that could be interesting. Yeah, it could actually be like kind of an ongoing pain in the same way that like, sometimes, I don't know, public transport just doesn't seem right for the for the community. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, who des- who designed this? Who right. came up with this? Well, and yeah. also, working that metal is going to take a lot of heat and power. Yeah. And yeah. so they maybe need to be closer to where the, the big downed spaceship is to have access to those resources. Okay. Because let me tell you what. I've been watching Forged in Fire. <laughs> And it takes a lot of heat to heat up metal to be able to work it. Maybe, like, in the colder seasons that people will, like, move that wherever they're living to be closer to that area because it's just constantly hot all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's a great yeah. idea. Right. That's fantastic. Um, I, I like the idea of this place being, like, a real contrast to Farah's place. Like, it's very low to the ground. It's very earthy. And, like... It's there's a lot of like right angles and it's very like orderly and kind of like very regular shapes. I love this place. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's near the uh downed ship, the uh defiant. Yeah. And finally tell me a little bit about where Cena, the data runner, is. Oh well where isn't she? Mm. Yeah, that is kind of the question, but where do we think she like lives, like in centers? Where where would we find her? Do we find her or does she find us? I mean, I think she finds us, admittedly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think she specifically like nobody knows where she lives and she keeps it that way. I kind of love that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kat, information you- should be free, but not information about me. You 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 can't Oh my god, put- that's so it though. Oh my gosh. Like that's so it though. <laughs> oh my god. She's kinda like Ron Swanson <laughs> from Parks and oh. Rec. So here's what we could what we could put on the map is like where is the place that you can go and leave her a message? Oh, like yeah. if you need her because you have to be able to like send Summon some her, sort yeah. of summoning thing basically, and maybe it's just like you know some sort of standing metal thing like a almost a I'm thinking like a power line, but like 
sci-fi that that's like on the outskirts of town or something that has like a, a rock at the bottom that you put a note under. Yes. I know. I feel like this it's is, the communication disc. This is like it's Dr. A, yeah, Seuss, yeah. like the Lorax, like on the far end of town where the Grico grass yeah, grows. Yeah. You have to put in like a... Yep, yes. you can put it in the bucket and then like it does things and like, but eventually gets to her, but like that's not... We are all saying her. Is she her? <laughs> I think we didn't we've discuss this. I think we've, we've assumed it. Her. So we've gendered yeah. her now, so... <laughs> <laughs> it just happens sometimes. I think we gendered Farah, but uh, to be fair, Farah is uh, is almost a, yeah. usually gendered. Well, I feel like yeah. we said he about Isen, so we did. We made some assumptions yeah. about metalworking, and <laughs> we did. More shame on us. Okay, so there's a communications disc, and that's where you, a dish communication. Yes, a communications mm-hmm. dish that you use to talk to the other settlements, and that's where you drop off stuff for Cena. Yeah. Yeah. And like you can go and like send her a message in there, but the message won't be like, okay, I'll be a red up. It'll be like, okay, meet me in this place on the opposite side of town. Right. Or it'll be like, I'll find you or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'll find you in the next two hours. And then you just like go about yeah. your life and she just like appears because she knows she's where you are. You go to the store, she's working there. Yeah. What, like, <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> now I'm picturing the uh, private detective from Arrested Development. Oh my gosh, Gene Parmesan. Gene Parmesan, that's it. <laughs> and every time somebody realizes it's her, you just hear. <laughs> okay. I don't know if this will come through. Oh, it's lovely. We have a beautiful map. We should, we should scan that and put it up on our website. Just take a picture of it. We don't have to be super complicated. <laughs> well, I meant scan neutrally. <laughs> I, I will. I will take care of that. Maybe. Oh, uh, so uh, where are where's the location that most people live? I think we probably mostly gather around that community space, right? That we're mostly close to that. I think so. What does that look like? Is it like a little shanty town or longhouses or just whatever people can do? Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think that some people have been able to create sturdier housing and some people haven't. And we're so focused on basic survival that we don't always help each other create decent housing. I think they probably get like really creative about it. Like, like the structures made out of this warped metal, but sometimes there was a like, formed into maybe even towers with multiple levels that are like weird and twisted and look like they're about to fall apart, but they never do. I really yeah. like okay, that. Okay, so that's where the mad wizard lives. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Sean Merwin? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I think there's also like that thing where like people looked for like long chunks of metal and they basically almost used it like Lincoln logs. And like that's how part of how like some of the buildings and stuff are constructed. And uh, what is an area that most people avoid? There's probably a part of the junkyard. That is ruled by the raccoons. It's like there's probably an area like that, and maybe you just don't go near the like the FSS Defiant because the Ebon Dreams are maybe you never know when they're looking for new test subjects. Yeah, maybe. And there's there could be almost like there's a half practical, half superstitious aspect to that, right? right. Like it's probably not a good idea to go there, but also it that probably becomes very like exaggerated in our minds yes i think that's exactly what it is 
Well, you know, we're we're all probably suffering from some sort of PTSD from the war. So it makes sense that we would build up something in our minds as much scarier than it is. So a question that is possibly line drawing. Are the raccoons more afraid of Ebon Dream than other people? Yes. Because I... they're the most vulnerable of the society. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Nobody okay. would notice if one or two of them disappeared. <laughs> when when oh, you shiver in fear. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so I guess we should kick this off, huh? So, as we have established, we're at Warframe Yard, a settlement built from the bones of broken starships. Crews work long hours to salvage valuable electronics from control panels and siphon fuel from onboard reserves. However, there have recently been increasing reports of disturbing sounds emerging from the FSS Vornheim, a military clipper used to transport VIPs between fleet vessels. There are reports of rhythmic pounding, grinding, and humming noises that sound like percussive music, which is forbidden by settlement law. As any use of music can lead to transmission of the song, it is a cultural taboo and a serious offense. One of the workers had been brought before you guys to answer for it, though she is doing her best to evade responsibility. So uh, I think that's what we're going to do as our first platform. So the way this is going to work is I will create a platform as your GM. I will then choose somebody to establish a tilt, which is how it is a little off or changed. And then that player will choose someone to create a question for the scene, which is what they would like to discover during play. And then after that, you guys can cast the scene and we will go from there. So I think the way to start this is to have the uh, platform be the interrogation. Gerda Rikudalter, the salvage technician, stands in the council chambers of the Warframe Town Hall. The room is uncomfortably large with uh, each of the player characters in there. Uh, Alkesh works for the mayor as a legal counsel, and Croesus leads the small security team, so they're both potential uh, actors. There is a bustle of noise as curious onlookers speculate wildly about what Girda has done. Since we got Alkesh and Croesus, why don't I ask Andy to give us the tilt? So what's the inciting incident of the scene that's going to drive the characters to act? Why are we paying attention here instead of just skipping over it? Is there a list of these, or do I just get to make one up? You get to make one up. Fabulous. Unchain your imagination. So we've heard percussive music from the FSS Vornheim, and Girta is the salvage officer in charge of, like, getting stuff out of that ship? Yeah, she's a tech there. She's a... Okay. She could be the, you know, tech in charge, the salvage officer, sure. Right. So we have occasion, we have, I think a bunch of people have seen her tapping her fingers in rhythm, sort of unconsciously. Like, you know how you sometimes do that? You know, you're looking at your computer or whatever, and you're just kind of like got music in your head. And you're kind of like, maybe I, maybe I just do this because I'm, you know, a musical person. And the idea of living in a world without music is horrifying to me. So we've seen her like tapping out percussive music with her fingers. And so we're worried that she's become infected with the song or and is trying to spread it to others. Okay. All right. So the tilt, so it's a accusation of song. Who made the accusation? Was it one of the player characters? Yes, cuz that's more interesting. Cool. Which one? Oh god. <laughs> 
Does anybody feel particularly anti-song right now? I was on the first ship that met them, so I feel very anti-song. I'm I'm definitely not pro-song, but I'm also like not a a narc. Like this is not something that <laughs> sorry. Like like this is not something that I would want to bring to an external right source. I would want to like let's settle this, you know, with just us or whatever. Yeah. So maybe crisis would make. Yeah, sense. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to parse through. I think my character is very angry. <laughs> So maybe, like, just having a particularly aggressive day. And so, and so maybe, yeah, she, she did come forth with this information. Cool. So, Andy, uh, if you could choose somebody to uh, ask the question that we want to find out about in the scene. Ooh, I'm going to ask Alex. I mean, what I personally would like to discover is whether or not Crisis truly believes the the accusation that she's made. Ooh. <laughs> now I have to figure that out. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to figure it out right now. You can figure it out by the end of the scene. <laughs> Discovery through play. Uh-huh. Okay. And lastly, we will cast ourselves into this. So uh, each of you get to decide if you are an actor in the scene or audience. If you're an audience, that doesn't mean you sit around and do nothing. That is apparently my job. I have to sit around and make sure that every, that this cooks a little bit. You guys get to, uh, when you're an audience member, you uh, get to support by playing side characters. You can inquire uh, to see, for example, if people are trying to use a trait during a conflict, which I promise you we will get to. Then you can, you can help figure out or, or ask probing questions as to why things are. And uh, you may have noticed on your character sheets, you each have an empty space at the bottom of your trait, so it may be possible to discover a trait that way. And uh, by the same token, you can judge whether or not people's beliefs have been confirmed or refuted during the scene, which is how we get insight, which is how characters grow. I don't want to use something like experience, because it's not really, but you grow. So fantastic. Who is in this scene? Yeah, I I think think it it makes the most sense for me to be in this scene. (laughs) Yes. So is this like an interrogation courtroom setup or is this more like, well, it it was, it's in like the middle of everything. So it is in the middle of everything. There's a bustle of noise of curious onlookers speculate wildly about what Gerda has done. All right. So who are we trying to convince or either way? Like, is the mayor sort of the, the judge or are we just like... If we all are like, she's a witch at the same time, then we take her out of here. I think maybe the interesting <laughs> setup would be, since Croesus has a responsibility as one of the yeah. town's uh, enforcers, right? That Croesus has brought Gerda in front of Alkesh. And oh. Because Alkesh is, you know, the, the, the law and the advisor to the mayor. And you're going to need to decide what happens here, I think. I oh, don't God. Think okay. This is probably a pretty informal town charter. Mm-hmm. So that sounds to me like the uh, way that got set up. So is, who else, is anybody else in this, or are we just going to do Alkish increases working out their uh, issues? I'm going back and forth. I'm tempted to also be in this scene. You're immune, right? Well, I'm a leader, and I'm immune to the song. And my responsibility is to help people make wise decisions, with which will unite versus dividing our settlement. So that's... Kind of one of my things. 
And on the other hand, peace is worth any price. So <laughs> I think I may have some stake in just being present. Okay. Cool. Makes sense for me to take a back seat, and I can't think of a reason why I would be really present here. So, yeah. Oh, good. You can play Gerda. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can totally yep. be Gerda. You can totally do that. That works for me. Very good. All right. So, yeah, this is in the uh, holiday hall. And let's just say for fun, it's the day before market. And therefore, there's already a lot of set it being, setting up being done. Uh, probably people are installing the little market stalls. Some people are, uh, you know, built, getting the areas ready where people will sit and do their instruction. The the various master craftsmen are, are trying to each compete with each other to get the best space to choose apprentices. So there's all this activity going on. There's decorations going up. And every, there's that whole holiday air. And then in barges, Croesus with with Gerda, who is a respected technician, and brings her to Alkesh. So let's set it right there and then and go and take it away, gang. This is probably essentially where Akesh and the mayor would hold court, meaning both in the judicial and in the political sense, because it's where everyone gathers. So it makes sense that this would be like the most public place for people to bring grievances. And this is probably a pretty common time to do that. So Okay, so have I already accused her or is this the accusation? Oh, I think you're about to accuse her. Okay. <laughs> I think that's interesting, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely making a real dramatic entrance here. <laughs> I'd probably like, storm through the doors and I, I don't think I'm like dragging her, but like she she's kinda like trailing a little bit behind me, maybe like looking like she wants to run away, but I'm just like charging right up to Akash, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna shout like "infection" as loudly as I can. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. And the room goes silent. So everything goes silent. Yeah, yeah. And I put down whatever clipboard I was working <laughs> off of. Crisis. Tell us what is happening. This worker has been drumming her fingers. <laughs> just like gesturing wildly <gasps> and we all know what that means we all know what happened the last time music was a part of our lives i think uh, G- gerda is like afraid to even like speak loudly like for for fear of so she's just saying like i haven't i haven't done this i haven't done this this is not me i'm not like that and she's saying it over and over, but she's saying it like so quietly, like hunched over. Crisis, tell us, tell us more. Where, where did you see this? Why have you brought this suspicion before us? So yeah, I think I, I take a, take a deep breath, call, <laughs> center it. It's like I was, um, this matter was brought to me by some of her fellow workers. They told me in confidence that they. I've been seeing her drumming her fingers for weeks and there she is part of the project that is bringing all of this rhythmic clanging to our society. I think I think she's behind it. I can't be behind anything. I'm just doing my job. I'm I, I I'm a worker. This uh, I I'm working with these machines. That's all I know. We set them to a particular thing, but they, they haven't been they haven't been deliberately made musical in any way. I wouldn't do that. Uh, Gerda, which place are you working on? Which which salvage section area? Section three, section three eighty four. Three eighty four. Oh, the FSS Vornhein. Yeah, 
Yes. And maybe there's like a low <sighs> in the crowd. <laughs> I know what people have been saying about it. I I, I know, but it, th- there's certain things that I just don't have control over. And but but there's no there's no malice behind it. There's nothing like that. Crisis. Have you seen this? Her her drumming her fingers directly yourself. I I have. Yes. I, after the reports came to me, I kept an eye on her as part of the security team. That is that is my job. And she's been watching me. It's de- dehumanizing. What would you have me do? Let this place burn the way Earth did? I need to protect it. How how dare you? How dare you say things like that and bring up things like that? As if that's not hurtful to everyone here, all of us. It is both a painful memory and... It is our duty to keep it a memory and not bring it into the present. And we and the, we do have to keep it. We, we have to do honor to it. We can't just pretend it never happened. So at this point, um, Satis steps out kind of from the crowd. My very sleek, beautiful white furnace. Our memories are important for our life. Peace is also the key to us maintaining our society together. Can we have a calm conversation about this? Can we maybe pull this in a little bit and 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 just discuss amongst ourselves and just hear what Greta has to say? Thank you, Sadest. I I think I think just being calm and 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 a little more compassionate is really important. Thank you. I don't see how we can be calm when there's so much at stake. Well, uh, Crisis and and Sadest, I I do agree with both of you. We do need to discuss this in a calm, rational manner, and yet this is also a very deep and important matter. So I will actually open it up to anyone who is here. Has anyone seen Goethe or worked with her and suspect her of having musical influence in her life? Or, Goethe, can you produce any character witnesses? particularly people who have worked with you. Or Crisis, can you bring forward these other workers who brought concerns to you? I swore I would keep their identities confidential. One of the people in the room speaks up. Uh, Alkesh, Morag Smith, this is ridiculous. Anyone who works with metal is going to make a rhythmic tapping. This is madness. Well, there is rhythmic tapping, and then there is rhythmic tapping. (laughs) (laughs) forgive me lawgiver but i work with metal all day and if we're going to start accusing technicians about making rhythmic noises when they're doing good honest work that everybody in this community relies upon i will have a problem with that and i do not care about this titan and her her desire to to cues right and left everyone knows that she doesn't like it she doesn't want anything to do with the song who does? Would you have it be built into the very foundations of our society? We are hardly at the point where we would be coming to even discuss that. Yes. No, but he makes a good point. If, if you begin accusing me, I think that opens up the floor to accusing almost anyone. You, this is going to go well, well beyond whatever you decide needs to be happen to me. Well, then we should accuse everyone. Well, Crisis, that is that is a very serious accusation that I don't think we're quite to yet. As 
as our friend the Smith has has pointed out, there is indeed a, a rhythm to the way that people work with anything. I mean, we, we know that the that many cultures of of Earth and throughout humanity's existence have used songs to keep people together as they work or to keep a certain pattern going, and indeed even the hammers striking metal can make percussive music. There's a rhythm to life. The, the sun goes up and the sun comes down. Things happen at regular intervals. I, I feel like there's something different about a, a melody. I, I don't know a lot about it, but I, I think it's different. And I think it's going to be very easy for us to become, if we're not already, just paranoid. I miss music too, but that doesn't mean that we can have it back in our lives. We all lost so many people. I lost the entirety of my company. We fought to banish it. We can't just bring it back because we miss it. I was on the FSS Endeavor, who were the first to hear the song and fight against it. And so I take this as seriously as you do, Crisis. I think we need more more witnesses and saddest i would also particularly like you to uh to pay close attention you who are immune to the song are invaluable to this discussion okay let's call the conflict here and i think the conflict roller is going to be crisis because you're the one that's asserting the fact that gerda is in fact infected with the song so cool uh the way this is going to work is you're going to roll a dice that are calculated as follows. So first, we're going to call the stakes here. Uh, well, what are the stakes? What do you want to happen to Gerda? Because there are things people can do. Medication, talk therapy, there's all kinds. Of right. Throw her into a bunker and watch her. I think, I think it's, a, like, it's a very, it's not like a super rational thing, but I want that work, like the work that they're doing to cease just for a few days. Because I think like... I have been hearing the sounds that have been coming from it, and it's just caught, put me in such a high state of anxiety that I wanted to mm-hmm. stop, even though like that is that is reconstructing us. Like I did, I can't handle it. I, I personally need it to stop. Okay, uh, so you get to roll one die, then add one for every relevant trait that you uh, think you can claim for this. So these are the under origin category, war story category, get a die yep. dealing with this? Okay. So issuing commands. That sure sounds appropriate. Um, detecting the song. Oh, hey, yeah. yeah hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> yep. Okay, we got machinery. I can't, because there's this list of three. Is it if a singular one of those, or is it, it's not one dice per each no, if any of those apply, okay. uh, and you know, if if you if you want to claim something and tell us about why that is why that area is appropriate, then we can possibly add that in as a uh, extra category under there. Okay, that's why you got one blank. Well, so get a die dealing with uh, brawling. Does this count as brawl? I think this counts as brawling. <laughs> I think brawling is more physical. Yeah. Although, hey, if you want to go that direction, like, well, it could that. be intimidation. I mean, if you if you feel like you're you're That's you're true. at the point of threatening physical violence, then we might write intimidation down in there. Yeah, I think 
I think I've been very careful to avoid any sort of like physical things because I think being a soldier who fought and like I have a very complicated relationship with physical violence, but uh, probably like uh, mental intimidation, Mm -hmm. if that counts. Resettling refugees, managing supply logistics, leading investig I'm leading an investigation. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, get a die dealing with war salvage, electronics, and barter. Okay, I don't think any of those necessarily count. So I have a six, six die right now. Whoa, that's very good. Cool. Uh, so I get a number of dice. Uh, in this case... Gerda is not an unnamed NPC, and you're threatening to shut down an entire work team, so I'm going to call that a small group of NPCs, and that's two dice for me, and uh, I think the I think the way that uh, Alex played uh, Gerda, she was definitely uh, calm when she should have been concerned, and logical when maybe she could have been emotional, so I'm going to claim uh, two song influence for that, so, and then it's just a, yep, it's... Just, uh, it's a simple roll and the highest total win. Okay. 26. I got an 11. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You're gonna win. Given my yeah. irrational demands. She plays a maid, she's got me under her spell. She plays a fighter whether I set to kill. We hope you enjoyed listening to episode 96 of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review on Stitcher, iTunes, or any podcatcher. We really appreciate it. After the War is on Kickstarter until December 12th, so go ahead and get on on this. This game seems like it has a lot of replayability, is really interesting and different if you like science fiction, and I highly recommend it. Before you've even listened to the other episodes in this arc, I think you should go and back this on Kickstarter. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more music merchandise and tour dates at kieranstrange.com or on Twitter at Kieran Strange. She's a Super Geek is online at sasgeek.com or on Twitter, sasgeekpodcast. Thank you and join us in two weeks for the continuation of our After the War adventure. She's a